0: The Bible reading today is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again: rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the god of peace will be with you we give thanks for those words from the bible
1: i remember going to church as an adult right for the first time when i started going to church and i walk in and the pastor was like he said i want you to pray with your neighbor and i'm like we, my neighbor don't, my neighbor go, to don't go to this church, I don't know if gonna... <laughs> You want me to call, call my neighbor call on the neighbor phone? That's creepy, me. I ain't gonna do that. <laughs> right, then they explain right, they to they me, right, your neighbor is right, a, a person sitting, sitting next, next to, you. to you. Listen, I'm, Listen, brand, I'm new brand new at this Christian, Christian stuff. stuff, I don't... I don't, I don't not, not, I didn't even know you're supposed, supposed to pray out loud, let alone with this lady, I don't even know this lady. What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help these bumps go down on this lady's face. I don't, pray about. I don't know what to pray about, right? She went first. She was praying all good. and She must have been John the Baptist's Baptist 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 little sister or something. She was like, Dear Heavenly Father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third, third verse of the book of Matthew, the 601st word on page 1248. Lord, you said, Lord, but, is, but seek. S is in search. search. E is in everywhere. He is in he excellent. Is in K is in kingdom. <laughs> You're the Alpha, Alpha Nisi, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah, Jehovah, Rapha. I'm thinking, Raphael man, she even knows she nicknames. Even know his nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's my, now turn, now it's to my pray, turn to pray, right? right? But I don't got but the don't spiritual got the vocabulary, vocabulary to just... But this I'm not going to let her out pray me. So I'm like, okay, God, first of all, you are good people, you You know, you are good, Lord, you are good, you are good good to the last drop, Lord, Um, because, Lord, I I just got to obey my thirst, Lord, you know, because choosing moms choose Jesus, so, you know, as as the rocket's red glare, Lord, it gave proof to the night, Lord, I believe I can fly, amen.
2: I don't know if you've grown up in church or you haven't grown up in church. I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I came to church the first time and I still remember people raising their hands and I'm like, whoa, what is this? And I remember being asked for the first time to pray out loud and that's very much my experience, very much. Uh, And I was reflecting this week about, like I wanted to do a sermon series in prayer because I know that we need to begin this year in prayer. We need to be focused as a church. We need to have a solid foundation. I just know it this year. And as I said earlier, I was trying to get things down to two weeks because I wanted to fit in the start of Mark (laughs) so that we could perhaps, you know, just move in. And uh, it was very clear to me that if we're going to learn prayer, we need to start from the very beginning. Uh, For some of you, you've been praying for decades. For some of you, you may not have actually prayed. Maybe you're sitting there going, actually, I don't pray. And you know what? I think there's a lot more of you than what we probably assume. And so when I say to you, pray, I'm not even sure if you know what that means. So I think we need to go right back uh, to that. And it's kind of like, I don't know if I've shared with you my shampoo problem. (laughs) I've got a shampoo problem. Um, it's not my problem, really. Um, it's easy for me to buy shampoo every five years or so. I go into the supermarket and uh, I go down the shampoo aisle and I go, "That'll do." And it makes no difference. But imagine, I just want you to imagine uh, Ellie, my wife, uh, sends me a text that uh, in my office, and she goes, "Look, I've got to go out tonight. Um, I've run out of shampoo. I need you to go and quickly pick up some shampoo, and by the way, I'll be off." Off, uh, off the radar until I get home tonight on um, whatever she's doing. And, uh, and I go, fine. So I go into the shampoo aisle. Have you ever turned up to the shampoo aisle? I tell you, uh, and I'm sure it's not just blokes that go through this. Uh, it might be bald blokes that go through this, but it's certainly... But you suddenly go, well, what brand of shampoo? You're going, does she have dry hair or oily hair? Does she need it straightened? Does she need it smoothed? Does she put a, a clarifier in it? Does she, uh, does she have a built-in hair colour treatment? I've had to write all this down because it's too much. And then I had to think, wow, what does she smell like when she comes out of the shower? Is she apples or orange blossoms or lavender? Or does she smell like nothing? See, I can't contact her and I become debilitated standing there having been given a very simple instruction go buy shampoo, I'm going, suddenly I'm going, well, look at this, all this option. And I become frustrated, I become debilitated, I become confused, so what do I do? I spend the rest of my time trying to avoid ever buying shampoo again, which is pretty easy for me. I think prayer can be like that. Have you ever felt like that when someone says, can you pray? See, as Christians, we're told to pray. It's it's very clearly entrenched in the Bible. We should have a solid, functioning prayer life. We should be encouraging each other to pray. See, no one doubts that prayer is important as a Christian, but we often get told to pray and we don't really know what we're meant to do or how to do it. And we stand at the aisle going, this is too confusing. Who am I praying to? What am I praying about? Am I allowed to start this way? Am I allowed to finish this way? Is there a, Can I sit? Can I stand? All these very simple things to those of us who have been doing this for years can be quite debilitating for many others. So I've decided we're going to start pretty simply. And over these eight weeks, and we are going uh, to do eight weeks, uh, we're just going to talk about understanding prayer today. Next week, we're going to talk about learning prayer. The third week, we're going to talk about deepening prayer. The fourth week, we're going to talk about the priority of prayer. And then, and I'm sorry about this, Cathol's was going to do that this week. We're going to spend time looking at four types of prayer. Adoration, which I told Kath I was going to be preaching on today. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving and supplication. Okay, so that's where we're going. And I think it'll be a good time together. So let me pray and uh, and we'll start looking at understanding prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and, well, we need you to guide us in all that we do with prayer. Father God, we thank you that we can come to you directly in prayer. We thank you that you are our Father, not just some distant God whom we know nothing about. Thank you that you guide us in our prayer in the Holy Spirit. And we pray now as we look in your word and consider prayer that you will guide us into a deepening, thoughtful and, uh, and, and better prayer life. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I guess the first question we really need to ask is what is prayer? What is prayer? Well, simply put, it's communicating to God. Some people say it's talking to God, but I think talking is actually an outward verbal thing and I don't think it always has to be that. So let's say communicating to God. And all the studies show that out of all the things in cultures, prayer is universal. It's through every culture. It's through every people group. In fact, there is no type of culture that hasn't had prayer as part of it in all of history. The studies have shown And I think there's a good reason for that. And I think it's a biblical reason. Uh, And I think it's found in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. See, Paul says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. We call this general revelation, it's revelation about God that everyone has access to through creation, his eternal power and divine nature. We look all around us and we go, he is powerful. He is divine. He creates beautiful things. But see, looking at creation leads people to believing in a God. God. Tim Keller defines all prayer like this, a personal communicative response to the knowledge of God. You see, if that's the knowledge you have and you're responding to that, then you're praying to a God, but based on the knowledge that you have. And so you start filling in the blanks. And so a lot of religions have created mythologies and all other things in order to build gods and characters of gods and etc. all because creation all around them. So there must be a, a god of the lightning, a god of the sea. In fact, Paul turned up to the Areopagus in Corinth. I think it's 1 Corinthians 15 from memory. I might be wrong. And they've got an idol to an unknown God because they've created gods for every bit of creation because they didn't want to miss any of the gods. You see, when we have creation, we create a God in order to reflect the knowledge that we have. But we are different. See, as people who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, as people who call themselves Christian, as people who have been changed by the Holy Spirit that we now have been born again we should have a depth and encounter and knowledge beyond just that see not only do we have God's revelation about himself in creation we have his revelation in his word the holy bible holy means set apart it's a book that's been set apart I say this all the time don't look at it on the internet because it's set apart. This is distinct, it's different. It's its own special revelation that God has given us and often we think of it as a guide for our life but that's not its primary purpose. It is to reveal the Lord. The Lord revealing himself. That's what revelation means. And so as Christians, we have been given this wonderful information, revelation that God has given us so that we can know God on a more deeper level. But beyond that, when we become Christians, when we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are baptised with the Holy Spirit. We receive God the Holy Spirit into our life. So before, as our eyes had scales over them, as we could not see, we could read the word and we could, really didn't understand it. We couldn't see who God was. When we are born again, when the Holy Spirit comes to live with us, we now have new eyes. We have a new lens. And as we look at his word, he reveals himself and we have the ability. Why? Because God, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. He convicts our spirit of the truth and we can come to know God on such a broader and grander scale that you encounter people who are outside of uh, of being born again and it's kind of blankness. In Galatians 4, 5 to 7, Paul says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. See, not only did we receive the Holy Spirit, will we become adopted as God's sons and daughters. We are his children. So we no longer think of him as the creator that we do not know who's powerful and awesome. We say, Abba, Father. Because he lives within us through the Holy Spirit. See, when I go down to the shops, I might strike up a conversation with the shopkeeper. I might say, "Hey, look, how are you going?" Which I do quite regularly. You know, Pastor Baptist Church. I've, you know, been living in the mountains for a couple of years. We get to know each other just through information. I learn a bit about Con on the corner as I chat to him. I learn a bit about the, that the grocer's over, uh, that the baker's over in um, Glenbrook live down in the Liverpool area. Uh, I know that, you know, lots of things about the shopkeepers because we, I talk to them and ask questions. But when I go home, it would be absolutely ridiculous for me to speak to Ellie in the same way, to just exchange information. See, our relationship may have started that way, but I've been married for 13 years. Imagine going home and just talking information to your spouse. Imagine just saying, oh, yeah, you know, today I did this, today I did that, you know, oh, yes, I like blue. Yes, chocolates, yes, mountains, not not oceans. See, I understand Ellie in ways that no one else will, and she understands things about me that no one else does And I'm sure no one else wants to know. You don't want to know. So even when one of us is away from home, we have a conversation. It isn't like talking to a person down the shop. And our relationship with God is like that. We are his children. There is a depth there. Tim Keller goes on in a book about prayer. And he says this, he says conversation with God leads to an encounter with God. Prayer is not only the way we learn about Jesus or what Jesus has done for us, but also is the way we daily receive God's benefits. Prayer turns theology or the knowledge of God into experience. Through it we sense his presence, receive his joy, his love, his peace and confidence and thereby we are changed in attitude, behaviour and character. Some people say prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. But it's powerful because of the one that we have access to, the most powerful one. And he gives us his peace, he gives us his confidence, he gives us all the things that we need, a change in character, all because we are speaking to him, we are communicating with him in a way which has great, great uh, meaning. Uh, Henry Newman, for those of you who have read any of his books, in his book uh, The Way of the Heart, he quotes Theophan the uh, recluse, to pray is to descend with the mind into the heart and there stand before the face of the Lord ever-present all seeing within you. Just sit in that for a moment. I'm going to read it again. A bit different to talking to God. To pray is to descend with the mind into the heart so your knowledge comes into your heart and there stand before the face of God, or the Lord, ever present, all seeing within you. So you've got nothing to hide from the Lord, so you might as well talk to him as he knows it all rather than trying to avoid it. Because through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, even in your confession, even in all the darkest parts of your inner being, you have been forgiven and therefore we have been set free from trying to avoid this kind of relationship with God. We come to him in all that we are. We open our souls up knowing that it is a safe place. He is our Father in heaven. Why is it safe? Because he has demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, rejecting him, ignoring him, pushing him away, disobeying him, Christ died for us. So we know it's a safe place to open our life up, to adore him, to confess to him, to give thanks to him and to ask him for all that we need. See, the heart of prayer is relationship. It always has been. And God has always desired your hearts, our hearts. This is why in Philippians 4, which Michael read for us, Paul says as he's in prison, suffering in the deepest of sufferings, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guide your hearts and your minds in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other place that can bring us such joy than to sit and rest and open completely in the presence of the Lord God. Now, this series I've, I've called Prayer, believe it or not, but I've got a little thing that's a through duty to delight. You know, I think what happens is that, you know, we either sit in a, in a space where we've learnt to pray at certain times of the day and in certain ways, and so every day we do the prayer, and we, we move on. Or it's become, it becomes quite overwhelming and we don't really do much because all we think of it is, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, but I don't know how to do it. See, and while it's a duty of a Christian to pray, that's not how the Bible talks about prayer. Paul, here says rejoice. It is delight. And I'm hoping after eight weeks we, we can start praying with delight not feeling bound by so many restrictions and being open and full. See, prayer that deepens is prayer that moves from a dutiful act to this place of delight, a place of rejoicing as you spend time with the one who loves you beyond anyone else can love you and who has demonstrated that. By the very grounding of your faith the death and resurrection of the lord jesus christ he's redeemed you he's brought you back from your sin he's brought you back from your slavery to it you are now his not to be controlled but to be as galatians 5 verse 1 says it is for freedom that christ has set us free stand firm then and let and do not let yourselves be troubled again by a yoke of slavery see the slavery of the law the slavery of the duty it's what drives us so often but the freedom that comes in Christ is that you've been set free free from your punishment free from sin free from death and so when you bring that confession to the Lord as you bring it all you sit with him you know that he is your father who loves you and maybe you've had a bad experience of fathers, but I can tell you this is not that father. This is a father who has given up his own son for you to bring you back into the family, who is willing to suffer a suffering that we in agony that we will never know. A brother, our Lord Jesus Christ, who went into Gethsemane and he cried in anguish and he sweated drops of blood the one that as he was being nailed onto the cross, the one as they are hurling insults at him, the one who was spat upon, mocked, says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. See, don't be afraid to come to God in all your open, barren truth. Because that's the prayer he desires. He desires your heart. In fact, there's a psalm which talks, and I'm sure you know it well. I don't know the exact quote, but the paraphrase, all your offerings are filth when your heart is far from me. See, this is the God of relationship, right from Eden, through the fall, through the rejection in Israel, right to the cross, and now with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit we have communion with him on an intimacy that no other people can ever know. We don't just have general knowledge. We have this beautiful revelation. And so let me encourage you that when you come to him in prayer, sit with him in the word. Communication is two way. He speaks. It was great to hear Val earlier saying that, you know, it's all connected in the word. We sit with him, we listen to him. He reveals himself to us. We can bring everything to him. In his book, Love in a Fearful Land, Henry Nguyen says this, prayer is the way to both the heart of God and the heart of the world, precisely because they have been joined through the suffering of Jesus Christ. Praying is letting one's own heart become the place where the tears of God's children merge and become tears of hope. See, prayer is the place where despair is turned into hope. It's where, it's where uncertainty and darkness turn into a path and a vision and light. It is where God moves us into, into refinement. It's where sin can be conquered and we can move into holiness, all because we choose to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with, with the Lord our God, and all because the Lord our God has brought that relationship back by the blood of His Son. So as we go into this series, I just want to set that foundation of prayer. And I want to encourage you to start sitting with the Lord in prayer, to start uh, reflecting in his his word. To actually, and we will talk more about this, to confess. I don't think we confess enough. I think we've lost confession because we're afraid. And it's only in confession that you recognise the goodness of forgiveness and the love of God in your life as he sets you free from that burden of trying to make that back up to him. You don't have to make it up to him. He has paid the punishment for that by Christ dying on the cross. And so here's a practical application this week. We're going to get practical. I want you to get the Psalms. I want you to have a look at the Psalms. I don't want to choo- you to choose at least one Psalm. And I want you to pray that Psalm as if you have written it to God. Okay, I'm going to do it in a moment to give you an example. Um, I've done it with Psalm 143 and in this context I've co- changed the my to our, made it more real. And I want you to recognise that this isn't something new. We've got a book of 150 psalms that pour out every emotion unto the Lord. Why? Because David and the other psalmists know who they're praying to. Slow to anger, compassionate, abounding in love, holy, worthy is the Lamb. So let me finish with that psalm. And you can close your eyes, you can keep them open, you can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever you like. Uh, But let me pray. Lord, hear our prayer, listen to our cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to our relief. Do not bring your servants into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues us. He crushes us to the ground. He makes us dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So our spirits grow faint within us. Our hearts within us are dismayed. We remember the days of long ago. We meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. We spread out our hands to you, Lord. We thirst for you like a parched land. Answer us quickly, Lord. Our spirit fails. Do not hide your face from us, or we will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring us word of your unfailing love, for we have put our trust in you. Show us the way we should go, for to you we entrust our lives. Rescue us from our enemies, Lord for we hide ourselves in you. Teach us to do your will, for you are our God. May your good spirit lead us on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve our lives. In your righteousness, bring us out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence our enemies. Destroy all of our foes, for we are your servants. Amen.